I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. This is Free Cookies, and she is watching the World Cup on her cell phone right now. You were so mad. You were like, I can't even announce the show. Well, I wanted to find out. I'm just going to watch. It's just a couple minutes left. This is actually not a joke. I did want to know the score. And now I know the score. And assuming you're listening to our podcast, maybe you're not multitasking and watching the World Cup at the same time. Maybe you come to this podcast for World Cup scores and updates. Or maybe you come here for really interesting ideas, a.k.a. free cookies, which today what we are bringing to you is the concept of numbers. Something that Kate is very obsessed with, but something that we also believe has become truly toxic in our culture. And we are going to dissect where that's coming from, how we are surrounded by them, and hopefully what we can do to break away from those constructs. And at the end of the show, a rabbit hole. That's what we call certain segments. That's what I call certain <laughs> segments. This is what we call them to ourselves. Yes. We, we had wanted to do a segment called, quote unquote, the rabbit hole, which either one of us, when you got obsessed with a topic and you went down the rabbit hole. And then we realized that's our entire podcast. We, we were like, <laughs> we should call the whole podcast just the rabbit hole. But so I, for the rabbit hole segment. Has been begging to do this for a long time. And Catherine finally was like, fine, go ahead and bore the people. I'm going to share what I have been learning about the multiverse. And if you don't know what the multiverse is, stick around. You're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but first, we have some pretty awesome emails from listeners, and if you have things that you've been wanting to tell us but you didn't know you could, you can hit us up at freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. So we had, we've gotten a number of emails from listeners, and I don't respond to emails. I so do. We wanted to make sure that the, the ones that we – well, we love all of the emails, but we picked a couple – one that I could argue with, ones where I completely agreed with certain things. So we wanted to take a minute to harken back to some earlier conversations. It's very Greek of you. You're only going to talk about the emails if you get the glory. No, because one of them I get, look, here, let me read it and you'll okay. understand. All right, okay. From Amy Cross. Hi, Amy. <laughs> I love this podcast. I didn't, this is, I didn't know that she would say this. <laughs> However, it took a turn pretty quickly, didn't it? We need to talk about your opinion of s'mores. Ruh-roh. A basic oh. s'more is basic. But listen, try melting the chocolate a little bit and smear a little peanut butter on the gram. Your life will be infinitely better. But, period, the real game changer is swapping out a soft peanut butter cookie for the yeah. grams. That will blow your ever-loving mind. I mean... Anyway, that's thanks smart. for the laughs. Appreciate it. Amy, you make us reconsider our no. existence in the multiverse. Oh, that's a clever. Oh. We haven't explained the multiverse yet. Kate doesn't yet. always let me finish my sentences. Sorry, go ahead. I thought, you, I thought that was the end of the sentence. I know. You think that a lot. Sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> so our next email is from Amanda Vallo. Wait, but I have opinions about the s'mores. Oh. That's why I was interrupting. Oh, okay. I was interrupting because that's not a s'more anymore. That's it, like it's a, no. It's, it's, so, it's so a like, peanut butter cookie with melted marshmallow right. on it and pre-melted chocolate, which I don't think you're probably going to put a peanut butter cookie into a pit of fire. You know what we should do? We should swap out the graham cracker for an oatmeal raisin cookie, and then s'mores are amazing. So uh, Amanda Vallo, this is what she wrote to us. Hi, Catherine and Kate. Thanks so much for rebooting the podcast. I'm a previous listener and will continue to follow and spread the news about your newsfeed. Thank you. In response to what gets overrated, I'd like to say getting a bouquet of flowers. Bingo! I do not like receiving them. And then she goes on to explain why. First, you've got to find a vase and figure out where to put Laws. them. 
This just shows how much the giver doesn't know me because there is going to be nowhere in the apartment where a cat can't get to them. So they just end up in some very odd place like atop a freestanding punching bag. I mean, that's really not where I saw the sentence ending. That's impressive. (laughs) Second, you've got to figure out how much thank you to give. Do I write a note? Send a quick text. Do they want, expect a picture of them? They do. They usually want a picture. I I agree with that. Third, with fresh cut flowers, you have to keep remembering to monitor the water situation. Do I add water? Do I change? I really don't know how effective watering is. I just know that life support's been cut off and it looks bad (laughs) if they die quickly. (laughs) Fourth, I really, she's so dedicated. How long do I have to keep them alive to demonstrate my deserved guardianship? My real, my reliability, 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 words are hard, okay, (laughs) and trustworthiness could really impact this relationship. Fifth. God, I love her. Flowers become a bummer because I forget to check the water. They start to smell. It's true. Petals shrivel and start drooping, reminding me of impermanence. What's (laughs) beautiful grows old, dies, and fades away. No, thank you. That's too much truth. I mean, Amanda hits it out of the park. I, Receiving flowers is wildly overrated for all of the reasons that well, she Well, I, I have to disagree until I, I read this email, and then she <laughs> has constructed it in a way that makes me understand why other people don't like getting flowers. But if you do like giving flowers, you can send them to Catherine Budig at Free Cookies. <laughs> wow, there's some digital flowers. But <laughs> shout out to Amanda for coming in with some underrated things items that I agree with. She I says appreciate the public the libraries and librarians are underrated. I would like to hear her her drawn out list on that too because I feel like that's gonna be First, really amazing. Dun 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 <laughs> Okay, so today's hot topic is the concept of numbers. And Kate and I have been talking about this a lot, and generally speaking, she really likes them. I don't, we were trying to figure out if it gives her purpose in the world, if it gives her a lens through which she can understand Purpose people. in the world? Pur- yeah, I mean, I feel like there might be some depth to it, or maybe you just really like to know how many steps you've stepped and what your RPMs are on a standing in place bicycle do you really think i cut you off a lot yes this that sucks i know but you know we work through it it's a relationship but i i want to make sure that i don't cut you off but i also that's why there was a long pause there yeah because i wanted to make (laughs) sure that more things weren't going to be said but i think it's less about me cutting you off is less about me not wanting you to continue talking but me hating silence Perhaps. I don't mind it as much when it's just you and me, but I think when we're around other people and you cut me off, then it makes me feel like what I'm saying is not interesting enough. I would understand that. I'm really sorry that I do that. It's okay. Thank you for I'm gonna apologizing make cons- on air. <laughs> I'm going to make a concerted effort not to do this. You should send me flowers. For- Stop cutting me off. Give me an orchid. <laughs> Numbers. 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 <sighs> Good therapy. I think that I'm less obsessed with numbers than you think I am. But I do admit that I'm more obsessed than you are with numbers. I feel that you're more obsessed with numbers than the average person, perhaps. That's accurate. I think it's hard for me to know the reality of an average obsession with numbers when I'm in a a sports world that's really data-driven. And so most of the people I'm around on a daily basis for work 
literally are employed because they've devised algorithms that produce a different equation for how to rank a baseball player. Right. I mean, that's what they do all day long. And in the world of ESPN, nobody would consider me a data person. And some people would say that I use stats a lot. I'm very impressed with your knowledge of stats. And, or your retention of, rather. And some of that retention of stats is a replacement for not having seen a lot of the games that people are talking about. So, you know, as we've mentioned on an, an earlier podcast, I don't just sit around watching sports all day long. And so what's one thing that I can study that I can absorb and retain and use as evidence for an argument is numbers. More than saying, well, remember game three of the 2008 playoffs? Because I won't remember game three of the 2008 playoffs. But that's not where I see your obsession. No. That's not where it lies. It's more how it is personally applicable to your life. That's true. Something that you might all want to know about Kate Fagan. <clears throat> or you don't want to know. But you're going to find out. <laughs> um, Kate has, uh, do, what exactly is your goal number of liters of water per day? 80 ounces, not liters, because that'd be incredible. That would be amazing. You're right. Or my goal would be like two liters. Ounces, okay. Ounces is how I measure it. Liters, oh, yes. So um, Kate, to the point, she has, we have a glass that she knows exactly how many ounces are in this glass. And she's very diligent, especially in the morning, about getting it down. But God forbid Kate has not finished some of this water from said glass that she knows exactly the, the measurements of. And I go by and I take a swig or two out of this glass of water. Drive-by water drinking is what I call it. it, it it's kind of a joke, but not really. I'm I, not I actually, I, I fear the Kate mildly when I accidentally... Is that like a capital T? The to Kate? the point where I will go out of my way to pour my own glass of water, even though the convenience of the person that I want to share the rest of my life with water being right there, and you think that they would generously give you something to parch your thirst. No, 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 no. This is real, people. This is real. That's true. That's true. And I, I didn't... Rotten tomato percentages, another number. <laughs> Rules our life. You're right. Well, let's talk about the water thing for a second, because I bet uh, some listeners can relate to that. I want to drink 80 ounces of water. and Which, in theory, I understand. Yeah. So the, pro the problem where the numbers become unhealthy is when it's good to just have a goal. And if some days you drink 67 and some drink days you drink 93, you might not even know. You just stay hydrated, quote unquote. And Caroline Shea, I know you're listening to this right now. Shout out to another fellow water counter. She like counts she's, the ounces as well. I don't know if she, she just, counts it, but she is the most hydrated human I've ever met until right. you. And this is where the numbers become unhealthy is when I start to think I didn't achieve something if I can't see or count the numbers. So the reason I get yes. so upset when and it's not quote unquote so upset, I'm like mildly you're irked, but I'm not irked at you. I'm kind of just pet peeved. Yeah, but I'm not, it's Peaked. not even. <laughs> so. I have this 18 ounce water canister, which I bought you a very thoughtful gift. We've actually upgraded. I bought her a, a yellow, um, thermo, no, thermo cask flask, thing. flask, thermo flask, cask of flask. I Flasky, can't think Flasky. of the brand, you know, that, that, that really expensive water bottle that stays really hot and stays really cold and which is lost on me. Cause all I, literally all I want is to know how many ounces are in it. I know. I don't need you to be warm. I don't need you to be cold. I don't need you to be able to stay warm for seven days, but I secretly bought it for you thinking that that would just be your thing and you would carry it around with you all the time. So there wouldn't be the drive by water bombing that I do on a regular basis. <laughs> so what happens inside my head when you take a sip of water 
is I no longer get credit for any water that I've had that day, <laughs> which just makes no sense. But if I knew that there were 20 ounces in that glass and I had, I had about drank about half of it and then you drive by watered me, all of a sudden, I don't know whether when I finish that, I, I have had 17 ounces of water that day, 16 have I had 18? Maybe it's 12. I don't know how many ounces you consumed. And all of a sudden it feels like I'm not hydrated at all. But okay. What I'm going to pluck from that last statement is the word credited. You didn't get credit for. And I think that's, what's really driving us into the meat and potatoes of this conversation is this concept of, um, acclimating or not acclimating of, uh, associating, uh, accumulation, Mm. another a word of, of credit because we now very commonly, I think it used to be something like we have a podcast, for example. And if you don't have a podcast, you may not realize this, but you can go onto Apple podcasts and you can look at the charts. They rank things from one to 200 and you can see just all over podcasts or you can see podcasts per genre, how they're ranked and they update it. I don't know, maybe every hour or something like that. And even if you're not, even if you're not stalking that, you can stalk reviews. You can, you can so sure. like even if but you, you can see where you are floating around in the ratings. It's assuming that you're even listed in the top 200 at all. And the problem with this, at, at first, it was kind of fun, especially if your podcast is doing well, because you're like, oh, woo, you know, went from to 59 to 42, big jump, you know, all these great things. But then what we start to forget is that we are doing this because we want to put good content into the world. And we created a podcast called free cookies because there are these free ideas that are gurgling up inside of us that we wanted to give birth to through this genre of podcasting. And it's very easy for us to quickly forget our path and purpose when we get caught up on the concept of a rank or a number because that somehow is associated with how it's being received and is it good information or not, which they are not correlated in my opinion at all. Exactly, because to offer another example of something where I feel vacant if I can't see the numbers, so maybe I am more obsessed with numbers than I gave credit for at the beginning of this conversation is, I often work out at Orange Theory, as you know, and Mm -hmm. part of the reason why I work out at Orange Theory is because they put a heart rate monitor on you so you can see your heart rate. And you also get points for when your heart rate is in a certain range. And you get a printout at the end of the class. No, you get an email. Or an email. (laughs) An electronic printout. (laughs) (laughs) And as has happened numerous times to me, as you can imagine... The technology of the armband heart rate, is it's faulty sometimes. I feel like it is more faulty than ever not. That, that or, was a really poor constructed sentence, but still you get the point. And there has, there has been a time when I've gone into Orange Theory, and from start to finish, I couldn't get my heart rate monitor to work. And that means a couple of things in Orange Theory. It means at the end of the workout, you're not going to get that printout with how many calories you've burned and how many minutes your heart rate was in a certain You're in range. The blue zone. And you know what you are gonna get though? The same exact workout yeah. if you shut the fuck up and do the workout. Damn. But do you think I do that? No, hell no. No, no, no. I spent most of my time in the lobby trying to fix my heart rate monitor. Cranky pants. <laughs> and if I don't get the printout at the end, I somehow feel like you don't get the credit. I haven't gotten 
the workout too. Mm-hmm. Not just credit in my mind, but my body somehow feels different. And I'm relating that to what you're saying about the numbers on the podcast because looking at them and if they don't look like what you want or if they're not there in the way you want them to be, then it seems to rob even the richness of the product that you thought you got. So I go to Orange Theory. I just want a good workout. I want my body to feel good. All of a sudden you attach numbers to it. If I can't get those numbers, I feel like I don't even get the richness of the workout. And with the podcast numbers, if you stalk them and they're not where you want them to be, it robs of the value of the podcast. I think we should play a little game and I know you're going to enjoy this. So this is the kind of... Is it the World Cup? uh, It's definitely not about the World Cup. We're definitely taking a time out. Um, So this is, you know, the the game is basically, you know, when you say something out of the blue and the person looks at you like, how the hell did you get there? And then you explain out loud the train of thought that actually got you to that random thought. So we're going to follow the train of thought. Okay. So it starts with you're following the ranking of your podcast. Yep. Right. And if you listen to this podcast or you follow us on social, you know, we will regularly ask listeners to subscribe, rate and review. And the reason, why are we so obsessive about you subscribing, rate and reviewing? Because one, we're told that, you know, if you get X number amount of ratings or subscriptions, then Apple pays more attention to you. So they're going to maybe lift you higher in the ratings or you'll get more visibility. And why does it matter so much that you need to be ranked at a higher level or have more visibility? Well, right now, this podcast is 100% funded by us. And it's a passion project, so ultimately we're very lucky that we have the funds to make this happen, and that's fantastic. But it would be lovely to have some kind of funds coming in to support this so we could put the money back into a team and really turn this into uh, like a heart-driven business that we're obsessed with. But you're not going to get the people that want to pay you the dollars unless they think that you're at a level that is ranked at a certain place or the number of listeners, like what are your statistics that we can look at to see the reach that you're going to get? Because then we are going to post it on social media and what kind of numbers do you have on social media and what is going to be the number of people interacting with that post? Do you see how rabbit hole this gets? And this is all, you know, when, why did we start this podcast? Because we had ideas that we wanted to put out into the world. And that's our existence with numbers. But I think that, anyone listening can relate them to how they might engage with oh, just, just a numbers. plain old social media page. Even if it's not a business page, our life is determined by how many people like things, how many people comment, are things getting shared? I mean, it's impossible to not take that shit personally. And every day I have to remind myself, like, this is not reality, but God forbid you post something that is really meaningful to you and you get, you know, two likes and one comment and one of them is spam and you're just like ah. but then you post something of you know a bunny wearing sequins jumping into a pool of I loved that marshmallows yours, that you know those post. are really really popular there's nothing inherent in that comparison that is well there is something different but I think the general truth of that is that is the same as it's always been in that 50 years ago if someone seemed to have a bigger platform, then they were going to have more reach in how that used to look, right? So, but I think what's different now is that for any like low level risk takers in the creative field, if they thought someone was just doing good work, they 50 years ago could just say, I love what this person's doing. I love the food they're making. Mm -hmm. I love the paintings they're painting, whatever it is. And you would say, "This this, this art needs a bigger platform. 
Now I feel like we actually have the numbers and numbers can name things in ways they never have, which I think are good in a lot of ways. Like I do think they have a time and a place for right. sure. But I think number, the, the amount of numbers we have access to and the amount of even bio data that we have access to can be helpful. But the, what it can do now is it can name things so succinctly that you, you actually put aside the art and the creative output too often if you are looking at like an artist. You would say, 50 years ago, you'd say, I love that art. And right. now you can say, they only have 800 followers on Instagram. Right. Or as the artist, I think once upon a time, people used to create content and or art because that's what you know, was bleeding out of them. It's something that they had to share with the world. And now I hear this from people all the time, is what kind of content can I put up to get more numbers? It's no longer about what people genuinely really feel they want to share. It's very frequently about like, what can I share that's going to get me to the next level to get more followers, to get more attention, to get higher rankings. And I know I'm relating it to orange theory too often, but <laughs> what just came to me too was that instead of going for a trail run mm -hmm. and like being in the world and doing a kind of exercise that felt connected and real, I'm addicted to going to orange theory because it, puts everything on a screen for me and I can actually see based on numbers my output. And I really love that. But at the same time, it's taken me away from actually just being present in my life and not yes. worrying about what the actual like printout data might tell me about what I've done. And why do I need that? I, I love it because it's a distraction. And I, I love I love it. the trail idea. Whereas like, I could get the same workout, though I wouldn't know I was getting the same workout. And that's what's crazy about it, is I would go, I ran on a trail, I stopped, then I did some push-ups, and then I did some mountain climbers, and like, I don't know, was it as good as an Orange Theory workout? I don't know. So I guess I just go back to Orange Theory and I can compare right. the numbers. And that's crazy. I'm going to Orange Theory tomorrow, though, I think. <laughs> but our solution, at least so far with what we're doing, is that we no longer check our ranking of the podcast, which it's been hard. I mean, we've had to... You know, it's like kind of coming off of some addictive sub substance of sorts. We're not doing that. When it comes to social media, just long chunks of time of not picking up our phone and looking at it. Because, again, it just feeds that addiction. And, and this, when you put down your phone or even taking a cleanse, like if you have the time and the space to not use... I mean, I, I know not using your computer or phone for a week is n not a luxury that many of us can experience because of work. But I mean, if it's something like social media, legit deleting it from your phone for a full week and notice what you start noticing in your life. It's kind of like when we had Ashley Sabolka on the show and she brought up that concept of what are your core values. And when you can get back in tune with your core values because you're not being clouded by the noise of the expectations around you, then I think you have more of a direct path back into what happiness means for you as an individual as opposed to this societal need to succeed. Which leads me, shocker, to a book about Greek mythology. Uh, this is, uh, the book is called Circe. And it's written by Madeline Miller, who's also the author of The Song of Achilles, two really gorgeous books. Has it felt weird that I haven't interjected at all? Actually, yeah, I feel like I'm just... Rah, you feel rah, like you're rah, out on a limb? <laughs> There's a lot going on. But Sometimes um, my interjections are funny. Oh, you're very funny, Kate. Okay. I love them. So 
this part of the book, just to give you a little backstory, the book is about Cersei. Cersei is the witch from the Odyssey, and she's also a titan, and she's the narrator here. And Telemachus, who is the son of Odysseus, who is the hero of the Odyssey, kind of a famous Greek mythology guy, um, Telemachus is with Cersei and the goddess Athena, who's really scary and amazing, Basically, Odysseus has died, and she comes to Telemachus, and she's going to grant him all of her grace and glory, right? She wants to sweep him away from the island and basically be like, I'm going to, you're going to start a whole new realm, and you're going to be a war hero, and you're going to have all this glory, and people are going to sing about you forever, right? It's basically in Greek times. That's you what, can have a million followers on Instagram. That was a million, it. exactly. For the, the ancient Greeks, that was a million followers on Instagram. <laughs> so uh, this is just amazing because Telemachus comes back to Athena and he says, I have considered, he said, for three days I have considered, and I find myself that I have no taste for fighting Trojans or building empires. I seek different days. I love that line. I seek different days. And then this is Circe. My throat had gone dry. What was the fool doing? <laughs> um, and she goes on and on. And so Athena starts getting really, really pissed off. She cannot understand this. She's a goddess who refuses the best thing, the million followers on Instagram, right? So she says, no taste. What is this? Has some other god offered you something better? To which Telemachus says, no. Well, what then? He did not flinch from her gaze. I do not desire such a life. And it's just... It's really, truly amazing because she, she goes on. She cannot understand this refusal. And, and she says, there will be no songs made of you, no stories. Do you understand? You will live a life of obscurity. You will be without a name in history. You will be no one. And he simply responds, I choose that fate. And I just, to me, I know that's a very ancient rendition and uh, if you listen to our last podcast, that definitely Kate, as a young woman, never would have read because it was not in the tri-state area or in her <laughs> time. But that, to me, is just, I think there's so few people in this day and age that have what it takes to actually listen to the internal voice of what makes them happy, as opposed to, what can I do to be relevant? What can I do to have people love me, to pay attention to me, to praise me? It's such a slippery slope to fall into. And just reading that passage brings me back to about myself, like the choices yeah. I want to make for myself. And I'll add one more thing to that is that we used to, as humans, you just had your village. Yes. Right? And within that village, you had all of the different occupations and career paths. And so you had your blacksmith or, and I'm going to, your chef, which probably was a different your village. Cheese maker. That was like a French village. They had like a chef. <laughs> you had your cooks. You had all the people occupying the different occupations and you as a human, like that's what you saw of the world. And so you could certainly dream of certain other things, but your comparison points were like, here are the things in my world that I can be. The realm yeah. of achievement. And it's really crazy to think now, especially our kids growing up or even ourselves, like, the comparison points that we have instead of just this is our village and these are the exemplary people in our village who you want to model. You have literally every single person in the world that you can compare yourself to. And that sounds awful because you can always find someone higher and better once you think you've reached a certain plateau to then feel inferior to. 
numbers wise or otherwise. But can I still go to Orange Theory? We can, but that reminds me, I want to close it with a quote from one of my teachers. His name is Chuck Miller. Okay. And I mean, I, I, he didn't come up with this quote, I don't think, but he used to always say it, is that the more you learn, the less you know. Yeah. The more you learn, the less you know. Which is actually perfect. I thought you were going to say, I think, therefore I am, and I knew that transition. he transitioned. He that. definitely didn't come up with that one. <laughs> but that's a perfect transition into the multiverse. The multiverse. <gasps> Let's add some music and really get people hyped for this. Welcome to the rabbit hole. Do a rabbit noise. I always get confused when you ask little kids. You know, they make... <laughs> That's why I love you. I would have just been like, who can do a rabbit noise? I would have done like a thumper. But my golden can. I do always laugh when you're asking kids to like make the noises of certain animals. Oh, and then you the give them one like... Best. You give them one like rabbit. And they don't have a microphone in front of them. You. to go... <laughs> like that. So the rabbit hole, it's, it's, we just wanted to talk about things that we've been obsessed with. And thank you, Catherine, for kind of, I'm humoring Kate right now, for allowing me. So this concept that I've been, I've listened to a number of podcasts and watched a number of films about is called the multiverse. And maybe our listeners are like, oh my God, everybody knows about the multiverse. Maybe. And when I say about the multiverse, I mean, it's this theory that apparently a lot of What's the best kind of physicist to be? Like astrophysicist, like the highest level. Oh, is like, it? I don't think it's the best kind U- of physicist. Uber physicist. It's like super duper. It's like the LeBron of physicists. Alphosis. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of smart scientists actually believe that the, the multiverse. Ronaldo of hey, physicists. Messi, and the, you're interrupting me. Well, th- that's debatable. Messi or Ronaldo. Or Neymar. Thank you, for bringing, thank you for bringing soccer to the multiverse. You're welcome. Okay, continue. It's this concept that the galaxy is so infinite and infinitely expanding and so much bigger than we could ever name or put numbers on. Oh, bring it back. <laughs> that the universe is expanding at such a rate and there are so many planets that the probability that there is obviously another planet with life is beyond question. Oh, sure. And then that there's another planet that looks like Earth pretty much behind, beyond question. Sure. And then you get into these statistical numbers where there are probably trillions of billions, billions, whatever number is astronomical of planets that there is another version of our lives playing out right now. And that there are so many planets that every decision you make, there's probably another planet in which you make a slightly different version. And this happens for everybody because there are literally an endless amount of number of planets. So something as simple as we're podcasting right now and then we'll get in our car and one version of us will go home and make dinner and another version of us will go out to dinner tonight. And that's how, that's what the multiverse is, is that there's another you out there. Do you think it's that specific day to day or that there's just another you out there that has made a whole slew of decisions that were unlike the, you, the you, me, you. Like right now I'm a, tennis player with like spiky blonde hair yeah do you think they have like expensive cookies at this other they they, there could be another me who likes chocolate chip cookies that was a good joke by the way i didn't get it free cookies expensive Expensive cookies cookies. (laughs) (laughs) all right i didn't set that one up well honestly i just you said expensive cookies and i was like huh would it be like a planet where cookies were more rare 
I just, I didn't get the joke. Capitalized expensive cookies. (laughs) But that was a very clever joke. Continue. And I find this fascinating. I just think it's an incredible idea to consider that that exists out there. Absolutely. And I think everybody should be considering that this is a possibility because it's mind blowing. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, we we came up with this alternative universe, Catherine, on our dog walk the other day. Oh, what is alternative universe, Catherine? I would. You're still married to me. I clearly still married to you. I get jealous of alternative <laughs> spouse. <laughs> and I would probably be one of those. I would be a very a very successful professional slightly gnarly tennis player. Yeah, you know, we need to have that, we need to talk about that on a future podcast is how ridiculously competitive you are. Well, it w- and maybe we'll talk about this when we have G- Gina Caputo on the show and we talk about the, the yoga industry and the world, but it's part of the reason that I chose yoga as a career was because I am so highly competitive and I knew I needed to go into something that would somehow curb my competitiveness, which is kind of hilarious because the yoga industry is highly competitive. Right, but it's like a passive-aggressive competitiveness though. Highly passive-aggressive, but the actual construct of the yoga asana practice and meditation and breath work and pranayama like that's not supposed to be did you wear heart rate monitors in it though and like oh yeah have I'm a data gonna, screen I'm bust out 80 chaturangas <laughs> <laughs> so i think our listeners should look into the multiverse it's fascinating and Wait, did we decide what the the kate multiverse what one kate multiverse is it's hard for me to even know what a me that i can't even imagine do you think would you'd like. be a dinosaur hunter do you think that there could be, there's probably, if there's enough planets out there, there's a planet. there's still dinosaurs? There's a planet where there's dinosaurs and people. A Spinosaurus fighting I, a T-Rex. You love dinosaurs so much. This podcast is brought to you by us. And our producer, Lindsay Collins, host of the podcast FNB Radio in Charleston, South Carolina. Check it out, check it out. You can hit us up on Gmail at freecookiespodcast at gmail.com. Any responses you get will be from Catherine. That's true. And it's not like we care about numbers, but if you feel the need to subscribe, rate, or review, you can. It is awkward, but I do have to give a couple shout outs to the people who have taken the time to write really nice things about our podcast on Apple Podcasts. So, Elizabetta, KCF56, Anna Bonito, UO Lisa, Seaweed88, and WD underscore McPhee. Who do you think that is? Oh, that's a pagan. <laughs> my mom just gave a shout out. I'm sorry. Catherine just gave a shout out to my mom. I'll, I would know that username anywhere. KCF. Do you Kathy think those are all just pseudonyms for pagans? <laughs> that's my Aunt Anna. Oh, my God. Lisa. <laughs> all right. Peace out, y'all. We love you. Later.